Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedegar, blessed, honored, humbled to be the pastor at Salisbury Center in Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to set us free from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The vision of Middleville is to love God and others, to serve God and community, to share God with the world so that we can make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The vision at Salisbury Center is to love God and others, to serve as an example, to plant seeds of hope, to nurture one another, so that we can make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Oh, let's see, announcements. I would say uh, Resurrection Sunday. We're already trying to plan stuff for that. We're hoping to have a sunrise service, a quick like breakfast at Salisbury Center, and then a combined service. So details to follow, but keep us in prayer on that as, as the teams form up and uh, start working on that. Uh, you can put on your calendars March 12th. Any men out there, we're having a wild game night. Um, March 12th at Centerpoint Christian Fellowship, a church that I used to belong to. And uh, it's going to be an exciting time. It's for, it's going to be men to get together, you know, kind of iron sharpens iron. And we ask people to bring wild game, things that they have harvested. And... If it's something that you grew in your garden, you can prepare that and bring that as well. Just kind of keep it with that wild game theme. So if you can make it, that would be great. If you know um, anybody that might be interested, that would be awesome. If you would let them know, they can always contact me for uh, details as we get closer. This morning's memory verse comes from 1 Corinthians 13, 11. It reads, when I was a child... I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. Let us pray. God of God, as we come to worship today to hear your good news, to hear of faith, hope, and love ringing out from your kingdom. We know that doubt, fear, and hatred can shake even the strongest. Shape us into faithful, hopeful people. Fill us with your love that passes all understanding. Your love is patient. We give you thanks for all those who have been patient with us and have taught and cared for us. We pray for the patience to love others as you have loved us. Your love is kind. Give us the courage to be kind to others and to serve those with patience who are so often unkind, rude, difficult to love, or even our enemies. They are your children and our sisters and brothers, and they were made in your image. Your love is not pompous. Give us insight to speak the truth in love and for the sake of your kingdom, and not out of a need to appear clever or right. And in all our relationships, give us a wisdom to listen far more than we speak. Your love does not seek its own interests. We thank you and pray for those who serve the poor and those in need who give tirelessly of themselves, who have much to do and little time for themselves. 
Your love is not quick-tempered. We pray for those who are angry and for the violent and their victims, for children who fear, elders who are abused, and people trapped in relationships that injure and harm. Your love bears all things. We remember before you those with heavy burdens. We lift them to you, many cares, much stress, and too little comfort and help. Open our eyes to those around us and their needs. Give us a wisdom to offer help without any prying or sense of superiority. Your love never fails. Even death does not trespass on the breadth and depth of your love. We thank you for those we have loved in this life and who now dwell in the peace and joy of your presence. And let your comfort settle on those who are bereaved or who are lonely this day. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. If you would please join me with the call to worship. Come, people of God, to the one in whom we trust. We praise God for delivering and rescuing us. Hope in God who has created you. God saves us amid wickedness and cruelty. Open yourself to the one who knows you well. God accepts us even when people do not, affirms us even when we fail. We are here to worship the God who empowers us. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from Luke 4, 31 through 37. He went down to Capernaum, a city in Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. They were astounded at his teaching because he spoke with authority. In the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Let us alone! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. When the demon had thrown him down before them, he came out of him and having, and not having done any harm. They were all amazed and kept saying to one another, What kind of utterance is this? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and out they come. And a report about him began to reach every place in the region. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We move to joys and concerns. And um, I'll start off with just asking for special prayers for a a man named Ron, who uh, belongs to one of our churches. He is in the VA hospital, if you would keep him lifted. Uh, and then, oh my goodness, we have, there's at least eight to ten people uh, that I know of right here locally that uh, have just tested positive with COVID. And that's not counting people outside the area. I'm, I must be probably speaking with 15, 20 people that either have COVID or just got over it. So um, we're just praying that it's going to be the Omicron and, and not the serious, serious one, um, but that they'll be healthy. So if you would just please... You know, be careful, be safe, but keep them lifted um, in prayer. And of course, this morning, whatever you have to, names you might have to bring to the Lord, just bring them to him as we pray. Let us pray. Now, reassuring God whose word became flesh in Jesus and whose healing touch empowered Christ the physician, look upon us with the love and compassion of a wise parent. Heal those in need of healing. Strengthen those in need of strengthening and bless us all with the faith to accept and believe in your healing power. 
equip us to listen, to hear, to speak, and to embody love that is patient and kind. Help us to bear, believe, hope, and endure so that through us the world will hear good news, give up childish ways, and respond to your calling. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. The title to this morning's message is simply Grace. Grace. Last week, we discussed our responsibilities and obligations as Christians. We discussed the Pew Research Survey, which asked professing Christians to identify attitudes and behaviors that they believed were essential to being a Christian. If you remember, 97% said belief in God was fundamental to Christian faith. Other essentials included praying regularly, reading the Bible regularly, attending church, being grateful, helping the poor, and spending time with family. It basically read like that proverbial to-do list some of us have on our desks or our refrigerators at home. As a matter of fact, it kind of reminded me of the religious leaders of old who made earthly laws and demanded compliance. Do these things or else kind of laws. John 1.17 explains, The law indeed was given through Moses, grace and truth, came through Jesus Christ. So we're no longer under the law of Moses, we're under grace. Last week I I quoted Dan Foster who agreed that all those things on that list are good things and that of course we should be doing them, everybody should be doing them, but he called those type of lists churchianity, not Christianity. And I think we all agreed that we risk the chance of missing the mark if we go through the motions of churchianity instead of Christianity. Dan defined real Christianity as simply following Christ and his commands. So we begin with following Christ, accepting him as our Lord and Savior. John 1, 12 through 13 assures us, it reads, To all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. So we accept Christ and we become children of God through the grace of our Creator. But if we simply stop there, we cheapen that heavenly grace and the sacrifice that came with it. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ on that old wooden cross. The the German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer explains the term cheap grace in his book, The Cost of Discipleship. Bonhoeffer Define cheap grace as, quote, the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance, grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, and grace without Jesus Christ. Bonhoeffer claimed that cheap grace focuses on the benefits of Christianity without the costs, responsibilities, or obligations involved. It's an approach to Christianity that only emphasizes the good or easy parts without the obligation parts like repentance, discipline, and discipleship. Anything short of that, in Bonhoeffer's view, offers an incomplete, cheap view of God's grace. I read that book, and if you haven't, I would suggest you do. He has some amazing uh, writing. Some of it's really tough to uh, to understand for me. Sometimes I, I have a hard time with him, but uh, for the things that I do understand, he is an amazing, amazing 
uh, writer. Romans 10.9 promises us, if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But, but, does that automatically make us followers or disciples of Christ? Remember, we said a disciple of Christ is a person who observes, keeps, and obeys all that Jesus has commanded. We know grace is a free gift, of course, but we cheapen that gift if our lives aren't visibly changed by receiving and accepting it. People who profess to be Christians yet show little or no difference in their lives than the non-Christians do are called carnal Christians, and we did a, we did a series on that at one time. I read somewhere that salvation is not a transaction, it's a transformation. Salvation is not a transaction, it's a transformation. Carnal Christians essentially believe that as long as they make a profession of faith in Christ, they're saved, even if there's no immediate obedience to the commands of Jesus. Once saved, always saved, if you will. It's the idea that we can have Jesus as Savior but not necessarily as our Lord. I've shared it from the pulpit before that I initially accepted Christ as my Savior without accepting him as my Lord. I wouldn't have known the difference between Savior and Lord had I not attended church or Bible studies or classes or retreats. For years, I sat on my hands falsely feeling secure in my salvation. I had to learn that salvation is a call to discipleship, and I couldn't simply have Jesus as my Savior without also accepting him as Lord over my life. Now, we know the Bible assures us that God's grace covers all our sins, but Paul in Romans 6.1 asks, should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? And then we hear his answer in verse 2, by no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? So salvation by grace through faith is much more than simply praying the sinner's prayer or by a profession of faith. A disciple of Jesus Christ must also be willing to grow in their faith and strive to become more Christ-like. And a true disciple should display a change in their words, their actions, and their reactions. Now, we all fall short at times myself included. I'm flesh. I'm human. I make mistakes. Sometimes my words aren't the words I wanted to say. So we do fall short, but that's where grace comes in. We can be confident and assured of forgiveness through our relationship with Christ if we have one. Jesus said love is the greatest commandment. We begin by loving him and then forming a relationship, learning his word, his commandments, and most certainly his compassion. And then we're called to be like him. And we know that won't happen overnight. It's a lifelong process called sanctification. So let me say it again. We're going to make mistakes. We are going to fall short and sin. But God's forgiving grace has us covered. The same forgiving grace, by the way, that we're called to show others when they make mistakes. If you ask Pastor Jack Ford how to handle any confrontation, he always says, start with grace. How can we be willing 
to accept the grace of God when we sin, but not be willing to show grace to those that hurt or offend us. We hear Peter, of course, ask Jesus about forgiveness or grace, if you will, in Matthew 18, 21. If another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Then in verse 22, we hear the reply. Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. So there's a lot more to this than just the prayer of salvation. Our faith must manifest itself in repentance, obedience, and love of God and our neighbor. We're called to have an active faith or we risk cheapening the grace offered to all of us. Paul told the Corinthians to always excel in the work of the Lord. We are saved by grace, brothers and sisters. Don't get me wrong, but if we fail to respond with obedience and change lives, we cheapen that grace. What wouldn't we be willing to do for someone who literally plucks us from the fiery pit of hell and promises us an eternity in a heaven too beautiful to comprehend? Grace is not cheap, and we are called to bear fruit worthy of the repentance we received. We hear Paul's request in Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. It reads, I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Our challenge this week is to examine our lives and uncover areas where we're failing to live in obedience to Jesus Christ. Are we walking in a manner worthy of the calling to which we've been called? Or are we living under the umbrella of cheap grace? Let me emphasize once again not to be too hard on ourselves or others when we find areas we fall short. But we can rejoice knowing that God is willing to accept our incomplete obedience through the sacrifice of his son. We need to remember when we fall short, we have an advocate before the Father. And that advocate is Jesus Christ. And while we're remembering his grace, let us remember to display that same grace to our brothers and sisters when they fall short. Alexa, continue. But now 
Let us pray. Father God, how sweet the sound. We thank you for that grace, Lord, that has saved us, that has pulled us out of the pits. We ask you to have patience with us, Lord, as we continue to to be sanctified, as we continue to strive to be more Christ-like, Father God. Give us a strength and courage to, to take that grace that you bless us with and help us to bless others, Lord. We have so many chances in this life to be angry and and uh, vengeful, and, and and just be mean to people, Father God. I just, I just pray that grace comes to mind first each and every time before we react, before we speak a word, Father God, that that word grace is just planted in our hearts, so that we look at them and remember we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against the spirits, Lord, against evil spirits that are present in this world. So we can't do it in the flesh, Father God. We pray for that Holy Spirit. We pray for the Holy Spirit to intervene each and every time. And Lord, when we fall short, we do pray for forgiveness. We pray that that you show us how and where we fell short so that we can learn from it and continue to grow in Christ. We pray all this 
in his mighty name. Amen. God has called his churches to be agents of change. We are to influence the world with prophetic voices and through courageous work. This calling, of course, requires our continued growth in faith, our commitment to love, our giving of self, as well as our earthly treasures. May we dedicate part of our treasure this morning as a symbol of our appreciation for God's blessings. As we come to the offering, I, <laughs> I say it every week, and I hope you never get tired of hearing it, but I thank you. Thank you for not, not I, I don't even know how to say it, not coming to church and, and still supporting it. I know there's so many listening to this message that it's either too far or um, they can't make it because of uh, the COVID or, you know, whatever, whatever health issues that are going on. So I just, you know, your treasures are definitely being stored in heaven. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Our, our churches thank you for, for blessing us. And like I said, that money goes right back into the community. We are, we are using, we are being good stewards of the money that God provides. And that, that is through you. So you get credit for that as well. I thank you so much for being a blessing. Let us pray. Loving God, we've been blessed with so much through your goodness. As we bring our gifts and gratitude this morning, you remind us that it doesn't matter what we have in our lives. If we do not have love, we have nothing. This love is not the love of Valentine's Day cards and not even the love we feel among families, which are both rich blessings. You long for us to experience agape love, the love of the world, the love for those we don't even know. Open our eyes Open our hearts. In Christ our teacher, we pray. Amen. Go forth with the faith to move mountains. Reach out with a love that transforms the world. Let scripture be fulfilled by your faithfulness. Participate in the love of God that never ends. Let God's word be in your mouths and the warmth of his love be in your spirits as you go about your week. As we leave here today, let us be of one mind and live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with each of you. And now receive the benediction. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe and please stay in his word. God bless. Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hediger, blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Salisbury Center in Midville United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to set us free from the present evil age, According to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The vision at Middleville is to love God and serve others, to serve God and community, to share God with the world so that we can make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The vision at Salisbury Center is to love God and others, to serve as an example, to plant seeds of hope, and to nurture one another so that we can make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. 
Um, I do have a couple of announcements today. Don't forget Resurrection Sunday. Woohoo! Spring is coming. Spring is coming. Um, for the men that are listening, don't forget that uh, wild game night at Center Point in Barnabelle, March 12th. And uh, the month of February, we're actually doing uh, joining up again with Mark Jones and the Upper New York United Methodist Men and doing uh, Feed Our Vets. So uh, the churches are looking for donations and they will take them to uh, feed uh, the Feed Our Vets organization at uh, the end of February. Well, probably the first week in March. So they're doing this the whole month of February. So if you have any goods you want to drop off and let people know that it is for the program Feed Our Vets, just uh, let us know. You can get a hold of me. Um, and obviously it's those things that are, you know, that are uh, in cans. Spaghetti is always good. Soups are always good. Non-perishables, if you think about it. And just a quick reminder, today is Communion Sunday. So we will be doing a love feast um, on the radio this morning. So if you haven't already done it, while you're listening to me, ramble on, run and get some crackers, some juice or something, and we will enjoy a love feast together later on. This morning's memory verse comes from 1 Corinthians sixteen fourteen. It reads, let all that you do be done in love. Let us pray. Father God, your word calls us to take risks and gives us the confidence to try again when we've failed. Appear to us now as we listen to the scriptures and lift our eyes to see your face. Grant that we may feel your presence and discern your will. Encounter us in this hour so that we may grow in knowledge and actions. Disturb our certainties so we'll be open to new insights. Upset our priorities to make room for faith, hope, and love. Expand our horizons to encompass ideas we have not entertained before. Open our hearts to people we fail to welcome into our midst. Perfect among us the childlike trust that allows change to transform us in the presence of your love. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Now, if you would join me with a call to worship. The steadfast love of God surrounds us here. We have come to see and hear and understand. Let the threshold shake with the power of God's voice. Let all the people tremble before God's glory. All rulers of the people are called to praise God. All people of the earth are subject to God's rule. God's purposes endure and will be fulfilled. Our lives can be channels for God's grace. <clears throat> Amen. Excuse me. This morning's lady scripture comes from 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 11. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 11. It is the resurrection of Christ. It reads, Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, in which you also stand, through which also you are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. 
Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. We come to joys and concerns, and um, I can't really, <laughs> I can't name a family that has not experienced COVID it, by this point. It is just everywhere. But, uh, you know, thank God, just about everyone we're hearing about is uh, like a head cold that they're talking about, that Omicron, whatever it is. So uh, we continue to lift all those families in prayer. Um, pastors that are still down and out, we're, we're praying for them, obviously. We're praying for communities, we're praying for workplaces. Um, if there's somebody you need prayer for this morning, including yourself, I just, again, I just ask you to yell out the name. Today we're going to talk, just be bold. Today we need to be bold. Every day we need to be bold. So just yell them names out. Don't worry about who can hear you out the window or in the living room. Just yell them out. Share them with God. Let us pray. Father God, you remind us that we should ask for you, ask you for whatever we need. Your word says that to those who ask, it will be given. To those who seek, it will be found. To those who knock, the door will be opened. You are the God of all hope, and we look to you in our time of need. We ask for healing and recovery for those suffering in our homes, our churches, and our communities. You are the healing God. Please bring us healing. You are the comforter. Please bring us comfort. We pray for peace in our families, our local community, and in the world. We pray for the courage to truly embrace the suffering of others and to promote reconciliation and healing. We pray for the ability to advance peace in the world, one kindness at a time. We pray for an end to racial tension and violence in our communities with the help and hope that the Holy Spirit provides. We pray for families and households, especially those that experience chaos and confusion, that the love of Christ may come into their lives. We pray for those who are persecuted locally, nationally, and globally, that those who ridicule them will recognize and respond to our prayers for bridge building. We pray, excuse me, we pray for those who use their lips and lives to proclaim the good news of Jesus, that they may be heard and believed. We pray for our brothers and sisters who cannot pray with us today because of incarceration, sickness, or who are away from the church. We pray for those who experience violence in their daily lives, that our prayers might guide them away from hopelessness and toward healing through Christ. We pray for all of us, those present and 
those away from our communities, that your love and grace will abound in their lives and cause them to go out and share the good news. Amen. The title to this morning's message is The Good News. The Good News. Last week, we discussed God's grace and the danger of cheapening Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Dietrich Bonhoeffer explained cheap grace that it was a focus on benefits of Christianity without the costs, responsibilities, or obligations like repentance, discipline, and discipleship. We read John 1.17 and agreed we are no longer under the law of Moses, but under grace. It read the law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So we are saved by grace, but if we fail to respond with obedience and change lives, we cheapen that grace. I shared the statement, salvation is not a transaction, it's a transformation. Salvation is not a transaction, it's a transformation. Our challenge last week was to examine our lives and uncover areas where we were failing to live in obedience to Jesus Christ. We were to ask ourselves, are we walking in a manner worthy of the calling to which we have been called, or are we living under the umbrella of cheap grace? I've shared my story before of walking away from church many times, and each and every time I did, I found myself closer to the world than closer to Christ. You see, I let the light, <clears throat> the fire of Christ, dim in my life. I was busy. I had things to do. I had other priorities. I wanted to do things that I wanted to do and not be judged or questioned by church members. Not that I was a bad person. I just felt I would never be good enough or live up to the expectations of the people sitting in the pews every week. I took my focus off of Christ and God's grace. I had forgotten my first love as we hear Jesus tell the church in Revelation 2.4, I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. But thankfully, through God's grace, he put people in my life that loved on me and were patient with my Christian walk, or lack of it. One pastor gently shared a story that showed me the importance of coming to church and fellowshipping with other believers. It goes something like this. A pastor noticed one of his parishioners hadn't been in church for a few weeks, so he called him to make sure he was healthy and safe. A few more weeks passed and the gentleman still hadn't been in church, so the pastor called to check on him again, but this time he asked permission to come see him at his home. When he arrived, they sat in the living room talking in front of a nice, bright, warm fire in the fireplace. While they were talking, the pastor got up and separated one of the logs from the main fire and placed it to the side. As they continued chatting, they watched as the single log lost its glow and eventually went dark. The pastor got up and placed the log back with the other logs where it eventually caught fire again. The gentleman stood up, shook the pastor's hand, and said he would be back in church Sunday. You see, the pastor didn't judge, criticize, 
beg or plead with the parishioner. He simply showed him the danger of being separated from the flock. So my message today has two purposes. One is to invite those who have accepted Christ but have strayed to come back into the fold and be rekindled. Proverbs 27, 17 tells us, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And just because we come to church doesn't mean we haven't strayed. It doesn't mean our fires haven't gone out or that we forgot our first love. We all face the danger of using that checklist and marking came to church off as a list of Christian things to do. We're called to remember our first love, examine our lives, and repent or confess where we fall short of Christ's teaching. A renewal of our commitment to the Lord, if you will. Today is a chance for us to go back and remember where it all started, to recapture those first emotions and thoughts and decisions when we came to Christ. Let's journey back and remember the simple, straightforward story of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's like going back and rereading an old love letter from your significant other and feeling the love and excitement of a relationship in its early stages. We relive the passion and commitment when we go back to the beginning where it all started, where we decided to form a lifelong relationship together, to be together through good times and bad times, through thick and thin, if you will. But sometimes complacency sets in and we forget our first love. If we have drifted from God, his call, of course, is to return to him. And he promises that if we do return, he will immediately renew his relationship with us. James 4, 8 promises, if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. Matthew 7, 7 guarantees that if we seek Christ, we will find him. So let's go back together and rekindle that flame of Christ in our hearts. Let's remember how he loved us so much he gave up his life for us so that we may live. My second goal today is to invite those who haven't accepted Christ to hear the good news. Perhaps for the first time, perhaps for the 50th time. I'm always frightened by the scripture concerning the rich man and Lazarus. Luke 16, 19 through 31 tells us of a dire warning for those who refuse to listen and accept the good news. It reads this way. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father, Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, 
Remember that, that during your lifetime, you received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us, a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. My heart breaks for those who've heard the gospel and yet refuse to accept Jesus. I know in my heart they still have a chance at redemption, and I know many people who mocked those who believed eventually turned to Christ themselves. But what if, what if they ran out of time before they accepted Jesus? It would mean they would spend eternity separated from our Creator and His Son. It would be the opposite of heaven's promise of no more tears, no more sorrow, and no more pain. This morning I stand with Paul when he told the Romans in 10.1, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. So today we will proclaim the good news and pray the Holy Spirit touches the hearts of those who've yet to accept Christ for the first time, or for those that need to renew their relationship with him. Romans 10, 9 through 10 promises us, if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. Now, thank God our salvation doesn't depend on us and our good works. If it did, none of us would get to heaven. We're called to believe and be saved. Acts 10.43 assures us, All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Everyone. Not some of us, not a few of us, everyone. No matter how much the enemy tells you otherwise. No matter what memories the enemy conjures up to keep you from believing. No matter how much you feel you aren't worthy of forgiveness, God says otherwise. Second Peter 3, nine proves that. It reads, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. So who do we believe? Our Creator? Our Father who loves us? Or an enemy that is jealous of our relationship with Christ and hates us? I would think the answer is simple, and yet we still hesitate. Well, brothers and sisters, today we stop hesitating. Today we stop putting off coming to Jesus. Jesus. 
Today is a day we recognize and claim our victory over Satan through the sacrifice of Christ on that cross. Today, we turn from the world. Today, we turn from all the false promises. Sharon James from Girlfriends and God shared this. She said, true joy will not be found on the grocery store shelf, the car sales lot, or the department store window. It cannot be bought with a swipe of a credit card or cold hard cash. People want to feel they're part of something bigger than themselves, and there is more to this life than accumulating power or possession. She says God tells us that when we come to Christ, we become part of his family. He gives each of us a place to belong. So today, I call on all to believe, to become part of Christ's family. Believe the words in 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4 and accept Christ. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures and he was buried and he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the best news anyone will ever hear. And what we do with this news will determine where we spend eternity. God is calling us to choose life. Let us call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Romans 10.13 promises us, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone. Now, saying the sinner's prayer, as it is called, declares to God that we are relying on Jesus Christ as our Savior. There are no magical words that result in salvation. It's only faith in Jesus' death and resurrection that can save us, and it is by the grace of God. So if you know you're a sinner and you're in need of salvation through Jesus Christ, let's join together and call on him this morning and be saved. Pray with me. Repeat after me. Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve the consequences of my sin. However, I am trusting in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I believe that his death and resurrection provided for my forgiveness. I trust in Jesus and Jesus alone as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and forgiving me. Amen. If you prayed this prayer for the first time or prayed it to renew your relationship with Christ, in church, I'm asking them to feel free to come to the altar and thank him. Now, those of you who are listening at home, you may have your own altar set up or a prayer room or wherever you are that you're are listening to the message. But I would say, spend a few minutes and thank him. Thank him for saving you. He, he literally plucks us out of hell, out of the pits, that fiery pit of hell. But please don't, don't avoid coming to Christ because you're worried about other people. This is about you and your Father in heaven. Be bold today. Think long-term. Think eternity. Amen. So we move to the love feast this morning. 
So if you have your edibles and your drinkables, I would say get them together now. And just a reminder that it's not communion. Um, this is just a fellowship. This is breaking bread together at the same time, loving on each other, loving on Jesus, remembering who we are, remembering whose we are, and, and just being that body of Christ, being a part of that family that I talked about earlier, um, and, and that we break bread together. So please, let's, let's do that. Eat and partake of the love feast. I'll try not to talk with my mouth full. Let us pray. Father God, we've enjoyed fellowshipping with each other and spending time in your presence this morning. Thank you for touching our lives in ways we can't even explain. Thank you for speaking to us this morning through your Holy Spirit. We pray that lives have been transformed and situations have been changed through your Spirit. Some of us came into this place with broken hearts, but you've mended them. Others came depressed. You were their only hope. Thank you for showing yourself strong in their lives. Lord, as we prepare to leave this place today, remind us to continue worshiping you in our homes throughout the week. Fan into flames the gift you've given us that we may use them out there in the world to preach the gospel and transform lives. Show us the right way to follow throughout the week and when we come back, we'll testify of the great things you've done in our lives. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bless us as we leave this place and help us to be a blessing to everyone we meet and interact with. Help us never to forget that you're with us always. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen. We're eager to share our treasures when we are genuinely thankful and realize where our blessings come from. When we truly discern the grace of God, we want others to experience it too. Our offerings help take and share the good news to the world. As we move to the offering, I'm reminded of your faithfulness, your uh, commitment to the churches, your commitment to the, to the work that the churches do, uh, their expenses within the church, but also their outreach, their ministries, and now um, <laughs> I'm blessed to kind of, I guess, announce uh, Middleville is now working to start a new ministry. It'll be to uh, respond to uh, police call, or I'm sorry, uh, fire department calls and trying to bring them uh, maybe some warm food, some warm drinks, uh, whatever they may need. And what a beautiful way. Uh, for a church to reach out into the community and, and to thank them, first of all, for what they do for us, putting their lives in danger, but also to show them the love of Christ. So part of your money uh, this week is going to go towards that. And as I said, that is your treasure in heaven. Um, on a side note, the fire department has donated some uh, COVID-19 home test kits. I guess you would call them home test kits. Uh, they're from the county, Herkimer County. Uh, but they donated them to the church to hand out. So if you are in need of a home uh, test kit, uh, just call me, 315-571-4467. And we'll arrange that, uh, I mean, I can put them out on a door of the church or something in a bag. So, you know, if you're not comfortable getting near anybody, 
Uh, just let me know how many boxes you need. I think there's two in each one, uh, but I think that is quite a blessing too. So even if you don't need to be tested now, if you want to have them on hand or need them for your family, uh, call me or email me or send up smoke signals, whatever, and I will try to set a couple aside for you. So let us, uh, let us pray. Gracious and merciful God, we offer our gifts to you this day with open hands and open hearts. We know there's been days when we've clung to money for our security to try to control our own future. At times we've been tempted to believe that in gaining more we would find salvation. Open our ears and minds to hear the truth from your Apostle Paul. We need only hold firmly to the good news of Christ's death and resurrection. It alone will save us. In the holy name of Jesus, our Redeemer, we pray. Amen. Amen. God continues to lead us through troubled times. We've experienced healing and a restoring presence. Give thanks and sing praises to God this week. Go out to serve in Christ's name. Go where God directs you and share the good news with those he puts in your path. And now receive the benediction. May the beauty of God be reflected in your eyes, the love of God reflected in your hands, the wisdom of God reflected in your words, and may the knowledge of God flow from your heart that all might see and seeing believe. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe and stay in his word. God bless you all.